Hey kids, it's the afternoon. I just got done uh, doing some work, then I came home it's Thursday, so this is the day I pick you guys up and we hang out till about six. The spy goes to gymnastics class, and the gymnastics teacher reminds me a lot about of um, my middle sister. She almost looks exactly like her and acts exactly like her. Maybe it's the generation, I don't know. So, so that's where I'm at right now. Uh, what did I do? We were gonna drive today, me and, or we were gonna ride bikes today, me and your, and the entrepreneur, but she got ready kind of late, so we drove. So she did not have her car with her. I don't know why that's important. I don't know what I'm saying. So I'm just getting dressed. Planning on reading Second Samuel, probably no, um, seventeen. Maybe through 20? 17 through 20? What does that sound? Anyways. How are you kids doing? Mm -hmm. I might get stopped midway through because there's a person coming like a locksmith. Because your mom doesn't have a. Uh, she, doesn't, she only has one key to her little smart car. And we parked in the driveway, and I'm kind of tired of it just being in the driveway, so I'm going to get another key programmed, so we could, one or two more keys programmed, so uh, we can move it. Anyways. Anyways. It's so much laundry today. These kids are not going to enjoy after school today. You'll be doing a lot of laundry. All right, let's head downstairs. freezing here too. You guys haven't noticed that. This house is really cold during the day. I was here most of the day. Pretty cold. Oh, let's get this going. Finished six, up to 16. badly the other day and turning the page with that my finger was problematic. Right. Second Samuel 17. 
Moreover, Ahithophel uh, said to Absalom, Let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he is weary and discouraged and throw him into a panic, and all the people who are with him will flee. I will strike down only the king, and I will bring all the people back to you as a bride comes home to her husband. You seek the life of only one man, and all the people will be at peace. And the advice seemed right in the eyes of Absalom and the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Call Hushai the archite. Also, let us hear what he has to say. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom said to him, Thus has Ephithahel spoken. Shall we do as he says? If not, you speak. And Hushai said to Absalom, This time the counsel that Ahithophel has given is not good, Hushai said. You know that your father and his men are mighty men, and that they are enraged, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Besides, your father is expert in war. He will not spend the night with the people. Behold, even now he has hidden himself in one of the pits or in some other place, and as soon as some of the people fall at the first attack, whoever hears it will say, There has been a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. Then even the valiant man whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will utterly melt with fear, for all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and that those who are with him are valiant men. But my counsel is that all Israel be gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba, as the sand by the sea for multitude, that you go to battle in person. Excuse me. So we shall come upon him in some place where he is to be found, and we shall light upon him as the dew falls on the ground. And of him, and all the men with him, not one will be left. If he withdraws into a city, then all Israel will bring hopes or bring ropes, so that the city. Excuse me. If he withdraws into a city, then all Israel will bring ropes to that city, and we shall drag it into the valley until not even a pebble is to be found there. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, "The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel." Ahithophel. It's like a tongue twister. His name. For the Lord has ordained to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel, so that the Lord might bring harm upon Absalom. Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, Thus and so did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so I have counseled. Now therefore send quickly to and tell David, Do not stay tonight in the fords of the wilderness, but by all means pass over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. Now Jonathan and Ahimez were waiting in and Regal, a female servant, was to go and tell them they were to go and tell King David, for they were not to be seen entering the city. But a young man saw them and told Absalom, so both of them went quickly and came to the house of a man at Bahrain, who had a well in his courtyard, and they went down into it. And the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and scattered grain on it, and nothing was known of it. When Absalom's servants came to the woman, at the house, they said, Where are Ahimaz and Jonathan? And the woman said to them, They've gone over the brook of water. When they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. After they had gone, the men came up out of the well and went and told King David. They said to David, Arise and go quickly over the water, and thus for, and so has Ahithophel counseled, you, counseled against you. Gosh, this is kind of hard to read. Then David arose, and all the people who were with him then David arose, and all the people who were with him, and they crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, not one was left who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey, went off home to his own city. 
He set his house in order and hanged himself, and he died and was buried in the tomb of his father. Wow. Then David came to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Now Absalom had set Amasa over the army against uh, over the army instead of Joab. Amasa was the son of a man named Ithra the Ishmaelite, who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zeruiah, Joab's mother. And Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, Shelby the son of Nahash from Rabbah and the Ammonites, and Machir and the son of Amiel from Lodibar and Barzillai, the Gileadite, from Rosalem, brought beds, basins, and earthen vessels, wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, and lentils, honey and curds, and sheep and cheese from the herd, for David and the people with him to eat, for they said the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Let me just stop right there for a second. A lot going on in this chapter. And what I see is a lot of spying, a lot of deception. And for me, it's just heartbreak because I have children. And what would happen if I was a king and my son rebelled against me like this? It would be heartbreaking. Chapter 18. Then David mustered the men who were with him and set over them commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds. And David set out, sent out the army, one-third under the command of Joab, one-third under the command of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, and one-third under the command of Ittai, the Gittite. And the king said to the men, I myself will also go out with you. But the men said, You shall not go out, for if we flee, they will not care about us. If half of us die, they will not care about us. But you are worth ten thousand of us. Therefore, it is better that you send us help from the city. The king said to them, Whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood at the side of the gate, while all the army marched out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king ordered Joab and Abishai and Ittai, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave orders to all the commanders about Absalom. I have a feeling that's a foreshadowing. So the army went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim. And the men of Israel were defeated there by the servants of David, and the loss there was great on that day. Twenty thousand men. The battle spread over the face of all the country, and the forest devoured more people that day than the sword. Uh, Let me just stop for a second. You're looking at tens of thousands of people dying over who should be king. And had they just listened to Samuel early on and not asked for a king... They would be getting this, this would be avoided. But this is exactly what God told Samuel would happen to the people of Israel. And they asked for it. And Absalom happened to meet the servants of David. Absalom was riding on his mule. And the mule went under the thick branches of a great oak. And his head caught fast in the oak. And he was suspended between heaven and earth. While the mule that was under him went on. And a certain man saw it and told Joab, Joab, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in an oak. Joab said to the man who told him, What you saw, what? You saw him? Why then do you not strike him there to the ground? I would have been glad to give you ten pieces of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, Even if I felt in my hand and the weight of a thousand pieces of gold, I would not reach out my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing the king commanded you, and Abishai and Ittai, for my sake protect the young man uh, Absalom. 
On the other hand, if I had dealt treacherously against his life and there is nothing hidden from the king, then you yourself would have stood aloof. Job said, I will not waste time like this with you. And he took three javelins his hand and thrust them into the heart of Absalom while he was still alive in the oak. And ten young men, Job's armor bearers, surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. Then Joab blew the trumpet, and the troops came back from pursuing Israel. For Joab restrained them. And they took Absalom and threw him into the great pit in the forest and raised over him a very great heap of stones. And all Israel fled, uh, every one to his own home. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up for himself the pillar that is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar after his own name, and it's called Absalom's monument to this day. Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run and carry news of the king that the Lord has delivered him from the hand of his enemies. And Job said to him, You are not to carry news today. You may carry news another day, but today you shall carry no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Job said to the Cushite, Go tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed before Job and ran. Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Job, Come what may, let me also run after the Cushite. And Job said, Why will you run, my son, seeing that you will have no reward for the news? Come what may, he said, I will run. So he said to him, Run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and outrun, outran the Cushite. Wow, interesting race. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof of the gate by the wall. And when he lifted up his eyes and looked, he saw a man running alone. The watchman called out and told the king, and the king said, If he is alone, there is news in his mouth. And he drew nearer and nearer. The watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called to the gate and said, See another man running alone. The king said, He also brings news. The watchman said, I think the running of the first is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He is a good man and comes with good news. Then Ahimaaz cried out to the king, All is well, and he bowed before the king with his face to the earth and said, Blessed be the Lord your God, who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against my lord the king. And the king says, Is it well with the young man, Absalom? Ahimaaz answered, When Job sent the king's servant, your servant, I saw a great commotion, but I don't, do not know what it was. And the king says, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. And behold, the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, Good news for my lord the king, for the Lord has delivered you this day from the hand of all who rose up against you. The king said to the Cushite, Is it well with the young man Absalom? And the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up against you for evil be like that young man. And the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I had died instead of you, O Absalom, my son, my son. Chapter 19. It was told Joab, Behold, the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. So the victory that day was turned into mourning for all the people, for the people heard that day. The king is grieving for his son. And the people stole into the city that day as people steal in who are ashamed when they flee in battle. The king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, O my son Absalom, O Absalom, my son, my son. Then Job came into the house to the king and said, You have today covered with shame the faces of all your servants, who have this day saved your life and the lives of your sons and your daughters and the lives of your wives and your concubines, because you love those who hate you and hate those who love you. For you have made it clear today that commanders and servants are nothing for you today, uh, are nothing to you. For today I know that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead today, then you would be pleased. 
Now therefore arise, go out, and speak kindly to your servants, for I swear by the Lord, if you do not go, not a man will stay with you this night, and this will be worse for you than all the evil that has come upon you from your mouth until now. Then the king arose and took his seat in the gate, and the people were all told, Behold, the king is sitting in the gate, and all the people came before the king. Now Israel had fled every man to his own home, and all the people were arguing throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king delivered us from the hand of our enemies and saved us from the hand of the Philistines. And now he has fled out of the land uh, from Absalom. But Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing the king back? And King David sent this message to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Say to the elders of Judah, Why should you be the last to bring the king back to his house when the word of all Israel has come to the king? You are my brothers, you are my bone and my flesh. Why then should you be the last to bring back the king? And say to Amasa, Are you not my bone and my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if you are not commander of my army, from now on in the place of Joab. And he swayed the heart of all men of Judah as one man, so that they sent word to the king. Return both you and all your servants. So the king came back to the Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to meet the king and to bring the king over to Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjamite from Behurim, hurried to come down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And with him were a thousand men from Benjamin. And Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, with his fifteen sons and his twenty servants, rushed down to the Jordan before the king. And they crossed the ford to bring over the king's household and to do his pleasure. And Shimei, the son of Gera, fell down before the king as he was about to cross the Jordan and said to the king, let not my lord hold me guilty, or remember how your servant did wrong on that day, my lord. The king left Jerusalem. Excuse me. You could do it with a lot more commas here. So we'll stop and start it. Do not let the king take it to heart, for your servant knows that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I have come to this day, the first of all the house of Joseph, to come down to meet my lord the king. Abishai, the son of Zariah, answered, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? But David said, What have I to do with you, your, you sons of Zariah, that you should this day be as, an ad, ad, be as an adversary to me? Shall anyone be put to death in Israel this day? For do I not know that I am this day king over Israel? And the king said to Shimei, You shall not die. And the king gave him his oath. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king. He had neither taken care of his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes, from the day the king departed until the day he came back in safety. When he came to Jerusalem to meet the king, the king said to him, Why did you not go with Mephibosheth? He answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For your servant said to him, I will saddle a donkey for myself, that I may ride on it, and go with the king. For your servant is lame. He has slandered your servant to my lord the king. But my lord the king is like the angel of God. Do therefore what seems good to you. For all my father's house were but men doomed to death before my lord the king. But you set your servant among those who eat at your table. What further right have I then to cry to the king? And the king said to him, Why speak any more for your affairs? I have decided, you and Ziba shall divide the land. And Mephibosheth said to the king, Oh, let him take it all, since my lord the king has come safely home. Now Barzillai, the Gileadite, had come down from Rosalem, and he went on with the king of the Jordan to escort him over the Jordan. Barzillai Bar, Barzillai. Yeah, Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old. He had provided the king with food while he stayed at Manaheim. Just one second. Just one second. Oh. 
Pause this real quick. Uh, for he was a very wealthy man. The king said to Barzillai, Come over with me, and I will provide for you uh, with me in Jerusalem. But Barzillai said to the king, How many years have I still to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am this day eighty years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats or what he drinks? Can I still listen to the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Your servant will go a little way over the Jordan with the king. Why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant return that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and my mother. But here is your servant, Chimham. Let him go over with my lord the king and do for him whatever seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me and I will do for him whatever seems good to you. And all that you desire of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and the king went over. And the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own home. The king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him. All the people of Judah, and also half the people of Israel, brought the king on his way. Then all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king, We have our brothers, the men of Judah, stolen you away and brought the king and his household over the Jordan, and all of David's men with him. All the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, because the king is our close relative. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we eaten at all the king's expense, or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah, We have ten shares in the king, and in David also we have more than you. Why then did you despise us? We were not the first to speak to bring back our king, but the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. Looks like people are fighting over whether or not. They're more loyal to the king. Sorry, locksmith. Locksmith is here. Just make some contact with him. So it seems as though there's a lot of people kind of infighting. It must be very sensitive to bring a kingdom back together. And David is being very wise in, in forgiving people. And rewarding people, and forgiving people that could easily have just been executed for um, for being a traitor, uh, and he's rewarding people that that saved his life. It's it's interesting what um, what he's doing to preserve his kingdom for for the future. Chapter twenty. Now there happened to be there a worthless man whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew the trumpet and said, We have no portion in David, and we have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. So all the men of Israel withdrew from David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah followed their king steadfastly from the Jordan to Jerusalem. And David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten concubines who he had left to care for the house and put them in a house under guard and provided for them, but did not go into them. So they were shut up until the day of their death, living as if in widowhood. Then the king said to Amasa, Call the men of Judah together to me within three days and be here yourself. So Amasa went to summon Judah, but he delayed beyond the set time that had been appointed to him. And David said to Abishai, Now Sheba, the son of Bichri, will do us more harm than Absalom. Take your Lord's servants and pursue him. Let him get himself to fortified cities and escape from us. And there went out after him Joab's men and the Cherethites and the Pelethites and all the mighty men. They went out from Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, the son of Bichri. 
When they were at the great stone that is in Gibeon, Amasa came to them. All right, I'm dealing with a locksmith. <laughs> Maybe you heard the phone, the phone call. I don't know. Let's let's see. We'll finish on chapter twenty because there's a man outside, and I want to. In case you need something, I, I don't want to keep going back and forth. Uh, when they were there, the great stone that is Gibeon, Amasa came to meet them. Now Job was wearing a soldier's garment. And over it was a belt with a sword and its sheath fastened on his thigh. And as he went forward, it fell out. And Job said to Amasa, It is well with you, my, is it well with you, my brother? And Job took Amasa by the beard uh, with his right hand to kiss him. But Amasa did not observe the sword that was in Job's hand. So Job struck him with it in the stomach and spilled his entrails to the ground without striking a second blow, and he died. Then Job and Abishai, his brother, pursued Sheba, the son of Bichri, and one of Job's young men took his stand by Amasa and said, Whoever favors Job and whoever is for David, let him follow Joab. And Amasa lay wallowing in his blood in the highway. And anyone who came by seeing him stopped. When the man saw that all the people stopped, he carried Amasa out of the highway into the field and threw a garment over him. When he was taken out of the highway, all the people went on after Job to pursue Sheba, the son of Bichri. And Sheba passed through all the tribes of Israel to Abel, to Abel of Beth Makkah, and all the Bichrites assembled and followed him in. And all the men who were with Job came and besieged him in, Abel of Beth Makkah, and Abel of Beth Makkah. They cast up a mound against the city, and it stood against the rampart, and they were battering the wall to throw it down. Then a wise woman called from the city, Listen, listen, tell Joab, come here that I may speak to you. And he came near her, and the woman said, Are you Joab? He, he answered, I am. Then she said to him, Listen to the words of your servant. And he answered, I'm listening. And she said, They used to say in former times, Let them but ask counsel and Abel, so that they settle the matter. I am one of those who are peaceable and faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city that has a mother to, in Israel. Why will you swallow up the heritage of the Lord? Job answered, Far be it from me, far be it, that I should swallow up or destroy. That is not true. But a man of the hill country of Ephraim, called Sheba, the son of Bichri, has lifted up his hand against King David. Give up him alone, and I will withdraw from the city. And the woman said to Job, Behold, his head shall be thrown to you over the wall. Then the woman went to all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and threw it out to Job. So he blew the trumpet, and they dispersed from the city. Every man to his home, and Job returned to Jerusalem the king. Now Job was in command of all the army of Israel, and, and Benaiah, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was in command of all the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And Adoram was in charge of the, of the forced labor, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was the recorder. And Sheba was secretary, and Zadok and Abiathar were priests. And Ira the Jerethite was also David's priest. You know, what I'm noticing, and this is, so I'm ending on 20. What I'm noticing about Joab is, you know, David said just let him flee. I don't think David said kill him. And so Joab is, he's a leader, and he's very well respected, but he ain't listening to his king. He killed Absalom. And now he's made sure Sheba was killed, even though that wasn't David's intention. He just said, follow him out, and if he goes to a fortified city, that's it. Leave him there. I'm pretty sure that's what David said. So, you know, I, the only 
thing I could get from this is choose your choose the people you work with wisely, I guess. I don't know. I, this seems more historical. I don't see how this is really pointing to anything except for David's sin coming back to haunt him. And we're going to see soon what happens to Joab because his insubordination is going to catch up with him. Anyways, I'm going to let you guys go. Your mom just tried calling me. It's been the most interrupted podcast I've ever recorded. Um, anyways, uh, I love you all. Give your mom a call sometime. Tell her, you know, ask her how she's doing. And uh, I love you, kids. And in all that you do, do it for the kingdom. Rescue of our souls, he has come.